Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, welcome back to another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking Our Weekend Review on W-A-Y-O-L-P freaking Rochester, also on Apple freaking Podcast, freaking Spotify, and freaking SoundCloud if anybody freaking wants to know. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, my name is Taylor the freaking Mossman Lofton, and with me as always to my freaking left is Doug the Slug freaking Jordan, and then we have freaking Tatia Richard the freaking Snowman bringing up the freaking rear. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, and the freaking panel, start your freaking engines this is our weekend freaking review <laughs> weakers tweakers thrill freaking seekers it has been one week two week since we last spoke and suddenly i am awakened jettisoned into a meeting place, a a restaurant, I find myself. And my view is different. I am seeing things all around me. And I find myself perched on a wall. All around me chatter. I don't quite understand what it is saying. I look down at my hands and feet. And Where my hands and feet are, are these terrible black tentacles or some sort of appendages. And when I go to lick my lip, a terrible sight comes before my many eyes. For I am a fly, weakers and tweakers, on a wall. And the conversation I am hearing is not pleasing me. The conversation has to do with betrayal and infidelity and potentially my freaking mortality, my potential death and the earnings that may come from my potential death. Well, I am aghast to fly on the wall. I am, but I can still feel and I still have a heart And in defiance, I buzz around, I jump from my perch, and I fly around into the faces of my bespoke observers. And I take deep dives at them, a kamikaze fly, going right for the eyes. Well, I miss, and I come back again, and I feel the wave, the wind change. I'm fluttering differently. Suddenly, I feel as though... I am being swatted. I dart and dash and dive again. And I repeat this over and over again. So much so that I become winded and out of breath. And I fly to my great perch on the wall. And I stand there, gasping for air. And again I hear my name bespoke. Great indignity being spoke of my name. And then splat! I am flattened by a rolled up menu. Ortego grill. And then I wake up. Thought I'd get that off my chest at the top of the hour. 
How did you? I mean, if you were splattered by the menu, how did you know it was the Ortego Grill that, that was the menu? Well, I any, you know. saw the loaded nachos on there, and I could tell that it was, was your recipe. Well, I mean, a lot of restaurants have loaded nachos. Here's the thing, Doug. When you come close to death, as I have several times over the last couple of years, um, things right before your imminent uh, end, things slow down a lot. So I'm sure Taylor had time before he was swatted by the menu to read it three times over, maybe even four. Yeah. Yeah, plus they're barbecue baked nachos, barbecue baked loaded nachos. So those are not quite common. But delicious. I should give you credit where credit is due, Doug Jordan. Speaking of which, Doug Jordan, I want to ask you how you're doing, how you've been, how are you, how was your week, and God bless you. But geez, Louise, down on my knees, I have to get this off my chest at the top of the hour. Thank you for the blessing. God bless Wait, you. You're getting another, another thing is coming off your chest? Yes. What I was okay. alluding to with the fly on the wall, Uyghurs and Tweakers know that I was... Recently wed, married to Doug Jordan's sister, I was. Happily. I didn't plan it. It came suddenly. But like the great gift that life is, I take all that I can get when it is given to me. And I open my arms wide and my heart wider. And though we had not yet consummated the great marriage... The lovely, beautiful bride of mine, Karen, requested my presence for a meeting. Doug Jordan's sister and I were to meet as a married couple first together at Ortego Grill. Now, when I arrive wearing the best fitting clothing I could possibly find, I comb my hair to the side, I tried to tie a tie it was a clip-on but it was i it had become unfurled so i did my best to tie it again i ended up having to sort of do a bow tie out of the thing because the plastic that the clip-on attached to doesn't work in either way my point is i got there and sitting in the booth waiting was karen and next to her another man And as I slide into that booth and say, who the hell is this guy? He reaches out to shake my hand and says, I'm Darren. I'm Karen's boyfriend. And I said, well, I am Taylor Lofton and I'm her husband and get your arms off my wife. And he kind of laughed, which really took the wind out of my sails. I was ready for a fight. A fight I must have for the great bride. I would die for her, Doug Jordan, and you know this. For I spilled my beans to you afterwards. I would do anything for her. And yet she said, I got these papers in the mail. I want to know what all this is about. I don't remember getting married to you. We were drinking quite a bit. I thought you guys were joking. And Darren just looked at me and laughed. And I have never felt so low in my life. So, needed to get that again off my chest. 
the fly thing, which was kind of about me discovering that people were talking about me behind my back, and then the situation where they talked about me right to my face. So. I mean, I told you this when you spilled the beans to me, uh, both figuratively and literally, you did you ended up spilling a, a fish tub of beans at the same time as you were telling me about this, the, the Karen's boyfriend thing, which I did not know about the boyfriend. Uh, you know, I know it was an accidental wedding, but I said to, you know, I'm really sorry that you, you seem pretty beat up about this. And, uh, you know, I'd like, I would have liked if things, uh, had worked out. Yeah. Well, hey, for you, God bless you. I mean, I have never been hurt this way before. I had another girlfriend once in my life named a Grizzly. She was a diner waitress, and that was sort of amicable. At, that sort of fizzled out amicably. I ended up living in her garage for a while. We only had sex one time. It was a long-going relationship. Probably should have ended much sooner. This one, it just got its life. And that great candle of love was burning bright. And then Darren, Karen's boyfriend comes by, snuffs it out, plays with it a little bit and then snuffs it out. And then he on it. But geez Louise down to my knees. I don't want to bog Uyghurs and tweakers down. I just want them to know this is why I wasn't here last week. Heartbroken. I am. And geez Louise down to my knees. This is why I might sound a little unenthused to be here. Now, Teddy Risher, how you doing? How you been? How are you? God bless you. And how was your week? Um, well, first of all, and, and I, and I should say this right off the bat, I'm very freaking horny. Thank you for asking. Um, also, I want to just say, I'm sorry for your recent, uh, heartbreak and, yeah. and, um, you know, my heart goes out to you. Um, but I'm very horny and I'm doing great. Um, and my week, um, you know, it's been a frustrating couple of weeks. It's, it's been about two, three weeks since I've been on the show now. Um, that's because as weakers and tweakers know, I've been working on my, um, tree house after I was kicked out of my father's abode, um, plans to, to upgrade my tree house into a luxury, uh, living quarters for myself have been well underway. Um, but, uh, as Uyghurs and Tweakers may or may not know, I have been stopped multiple times by the city of friggin' Rochester, um, asking for permits, asking, f- um, you know, for zoning things, um, trying to see if everything's up to code. And so, you know, I keep saying like, you know, it's in a tree. It's, it's not technically on anybody's property because it's up in the air. And they said, that's not how it works. And so I said, fine. I went down to city hall and I've been trying to get the permits and they keep freaking denying my permits i can't get this thing built or zoned properly i i told them there's no freaking plumbing you just go over the edge and they said that's not the issue we have with this although you shouldn't be doing that either and i said okay well forget i mentioned that part but you know give me my permits and it's just been a very frustrating thing i'm getting angry um you know my dad's getting angry um Cause he hates, you know, he hates this red tape stuff just as much as I do. It runs in the family notoriously hate red tape and the friggin' Richards family. Um, and so, yeah, 
it's just frustrating and I'm hoping, you know, I can maybe sort of circumvent the city soon and, and really get this thing going because I'm freaking cold at night. So, so your dad who kicked you out of the house is angry <laughs> that you cannot build a tree house on his property, a tree house that he doesn't even want you living in. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's the thing. My dad doesn't really like the government and he doesn't really like the government getting involved in that kind of stuff. He built a lot of things that weren't up to code. And I think that might be part of his, his issue too. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's pretty angry and he's, he's, you know, he's calling up his lawyer trying to figure out, you know, what, what can we do about this? You know, he's talking about getting like channel 10 involved. So I'm, I'm freaking nervous as heck. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's nice to have him on my side. I, and God bless you. I'm so glad that this has brought you both closer. I, well, no, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still kind of a jerk. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it would just be easier if you just let me freaking sleep in the house. But we're both determined to make this happen. Um, the friggin' Richard Treehouse 2022 is, is still the goal. Um, we're running out of time. I know we only got a few months, but so, um, you know, I, I can't really tell Uyghurs and Tweakers to go petition the city of Rochester, but, um, you know, if you could, I would say do it to yeah. get them, my friggin' permits approved. Yeah. Especially you got to get that insulation in there before the great winter comes. Yeah. It's right around the corner, duck. Do you, are you hiring people for this or are you, are you going to do it all yourself? Well, I mean, I plan on doing it all myself. Um, I have the blueprints laid out. I have the materials I friggin' stole from our, from our neighbors and, you know, various scrap around the city. Um, but you know, Doug, if you wanted to gas up the truck and bring some of your tools from your shed over, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that. Well, I mean, I'd give you a hand if you needed a hand, but, you know, I'm just, you know, usually when you hire somebody that, you know, they take care of kind of the permits for you. So I wasn't sure if, if it was a DIY project or, or if you, you know, had planned to hire anybody. We don't, it's not, it's not in the budget. Yeah. I mean, a long time ago when I was putting the shed up, somebody told me just, you know, just freaking put it up and then, and then have them ask questions later. I've I've done that I've done that a couple of times, but they keep coming down the city. They they keep bringing the cops over, and they say you got to take it down. You can't put, don't put it back up again. And so I you know keep having to tear down. I can't can't even freaking build an extension to the living room. Can't you grandfather it in or? No, that's very interesting that you would say that. I because it is a very old tree, so uh, you know maybe I can get it labeled as a historic landmark. So, um, that was very freaking interesting that you mentioned that. So maybe that's something I'll look into this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God bless you on your great journey. And I'm glad that that you are fighting the good fight because sometimes sometimes it's more work to fight and stay together. And yet it's worth it, you know? Mm. And, and then they drop a bomb on you, tell you, take the tree down the tree was never i never even knew that the tree and the house were supposed to be one and sure so you got to take the house off the tree it's it's a mess yeah no i'm sensing that your thing is leaking in a little into my thing um and that's okay thank you for the blessing is what i'm trying to say 
and uh, Doug Jordan, how you doing? How you been? How are you? God bless you. And how was your week? I'm, yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, thank you for the blessing. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I'm a little horny, so yeah, thank you for asking me. Uh, but my week's been fine. Uh, you know, we've been doing, uh, my wife and I uh, decided. Wait, wait, wait. Let's get back to that real quick. What is making you so horny? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to pee, go along with the story and just, you know, say I was horny, you know, because for once I usually, I feel like it's always me saying, no, I'm not. And then it becomes a discussion. So I just figure, you know, I'll just go along with it for once. I'm going to therapy and they're telling me, this, you know, some tried new things. Stop saying no so much. Yeah. Well, wow. that's good, Doug Jordan. I mean, honesty is the best policy. So... Finally, yeah, your therapist you. is getting through to you, telling you to be true to yourself and telling you to be true to those around you. And God bless you. We are so glad that you are. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. But that aside, you know, I, I have been uh, my wife and I have been going on doing date nights more uh, once uh, a week to spend more time together. No wonder you're. So we've been doing date nights, but they haven't been going that well. Uh, you know, we'll kind of. You know, cook some food, or I'll cook some food, and then we'll watch a movie, and then, you know, my son will come in and start eating the freaking food with us, even though we say, you know, you know go to your room. And h- half the time, he doesn't even want to spend time with us anyways. I think he just knows that we're having a date night, and he just wants to come in come in there and kind of break the whole thing up. And then, you know, we got Sandy, you know, in the garage, so that kind of breaks up the date night, too, sometimes when he's knocking on the door. Yeah. So your your date nights consist of you... Staying home, cooking at home, and watching a movie at home? Well, yeah, it's just the most economical when you think about it. You know, but just, how, does that, how, how does that differ from anything else you do normally at night? Well, because we're, you know, we agreed to have a day night. Are you guys having sex afterwards? Is that what you're saying? No. Okay, so let me get this straight. So... You eat dinner at home with your son, and sometimes Sandy, and you watch a movie, and I'm assuming Sandy watches that movie, too. Yes, sometimes, yeah. Okay. So now let's say if it wasn't a date night, what would you probably be doing? We'd probably have dinner and then, you know, I don't know, watch TV, watch TV show. Maybe a movie. Yeah, maybe possibly a movie, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think if you're going to... If you're going to try and get her back, Doug Jordan, you're going to have to work a lot harder. Trust me. Trust me. Well, I keep telling her, you know, whatever you want to do, come up with your idea. And she, she keeps being like, no, this is fine. That's enough. And I keep saying, you know, whatever, you know, maybe you maybe you have the idea every once in a while and then we'll go do your thing. And it's always just, no, you know, you, you choose what you want to do. So I say, OK, we'll stay home. We'll have dinner and then we'll watch a movie. And I am glad that the two of you are so happy. I don't know what to say. I This has been a tough week for us all, I guess, in a way. And for Weakers and Tweakers, this is a tough week for Zandy as well. He's busy tonight DJing a 40th birthday party. He's been busy many nights doing many different DJ events. His business has been taking off, and he has not been here for me. And it has been difficult in this time of woe and want. Don't 
don't want to bog Uyghurs and Tweegers down. But without further freaking ado, our week's segment right now, starting for you, our week's guide to heartbreak. You know what you're doing. Lord, you've done it in your sleep. Since you were a boy, away you would creep. But something has changed. It has lost its allure. You feel like a butcher prepping meat to cure. And then suddenly the sun breaks through the dark and ominous cloud. And you feel yourself rising from under your shroud. You ask yourself, how lucky are thee that this beautiful light has cast its ray on me? You float out on the water, the waves at your feet, and stare at the spot where the sea and sky meet. The horizon line seems to go on and on, but when you blink for one moment, you find that it's gone. And now you're back basking in your body's noxious perfume, on your yellow stained mattress in your dimly lit room. Everything is broken, and you are all alone, and you cry so hard that you vomit. Back goes the butcher with fury and fire, but as much as you work it, it doesn't grow higher. So before you rub the meat right off of your steak, please consider our week's guide to heartbreak. Jeez Louise, down on my knees, this is going to be a roundtable panel discussing, talking about heartbreak, kind of maybe kind of some advice you might give somebody who's dealing with heartbreak, maybe ways to get her back. Maybe ways to plan an attack. Maybe ways to seek your revenge. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees, without further freaking ado, Doug Jordan, in the past, when you have experienced heartbreak or seen someone experience heartbreak, how have you coped with that um, feeling? Yeah, I've, exp- I've experienced heartbreak in my life, uh, as I think most people do. Um, when you're younger, you know, you kind of go all in on somebody and it ends up turning out not being the right person. Then you kind of shut down. You start thinking, you know, was it me? Was I the problem or were they the problem? And then he always goes back to, no, I no, it was me. I was the problem. It was all my fault. So then you kind of, you kind of sit there and you kind of just go through and you try to change yourself in whatever way you can start buying new clothes, you know, start hanging out with new people. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know, I don't really like these people. And you kind of wake up and you say, you know, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of town. So you get in your car, you start to drive away, you go to the next town and, uh, you know, start a new life there and, you know, buy new clothes and meet new people. And then, you know, the cycle kind of repeats itself. Uh, Jesus, how many times have you done that? I mean, it's never, it's never actually, you know, that's it. Once or twice, that's probably happened. Uh, but, um, you know, I was young, you know, so, you know, it's good to see the the world when you're younger. Um, but, you know, one of the times, you know, Billy, uh, listening to music helps you get through it sometimes. Like I, I found, uh, uh, Billy Joel, uh, his, uh, glass houses. I listened to the, you know, that album, uh, religiously. And that kind of helped me get through some hard times. And, uh, you know, I bought some new jeans after that and, uh, got some new clothes, you know, got some new friends and started a new life. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel as though the only song that gives me any comfort, any solace in this moment was Karen and my song our song and that was funny you mentioned new jeans it was 
Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond. She loved that song. I mean, she was very drunk that night that we were wed, but I could tell that she loved that song, and I kept singing it to her, and she said, Taylor, sing that song again. I said, it's still playing. It's the same song. That was just a moment ago I was singing. It's the same song. I'm still singing it now. And it... I just don't want my heart to feel like it's swollen three times the size all day, every day. And that my tentacles are in my stomach and my stomach is in my rear end, ready to gurgle and boil over. If you know what I freaking mean. Tady, any advice for a guy like me or maybe an experience you've been through that dealt with this great heartbreak and ways that you were able to, Turn it around. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want, want to reiterate, I really feel for you. And I know how, you know, I know what you're going through. I know how you're feeling. And, um, you know, just sort of to piggyback off what Doug was saying, and Doug, for, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but what I think Doug was really trying to say was, well, what you got to do is you got to freaking get out there and play with yourself a little bit. Because that, that feeling that you have where you're, you know, your testicles are in your stomach and, and what else? Uh, what else did you say? Stomach is in my rear end. Stomach is in your rear end. Yeah, just play with yourself. That's gonna that's gonna help. Um, and I don't know if you've tried that, if you've done that yet. Um, but that's that's usually step one of overcoming heartbreak is is just freaking get all your freaking goo out there. And I promise, by the end of that, you'll start to feel you know one percent better. And one percent of that is 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 better than nothing. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I have been unable for the first time in my great life to be able to do that. I, and I'm working this thing down to the bone, if you know what I freaking mean. Mm. I see. Red uh, and raw know and, geez Louise, it is, nothing seems to happen. Sure, sure. Well, you know, there there's other ways you could, you know, you could maybe uh, use some freaking lubrication or you could... You know, play some music, maybe some Billy Joel um, while you're doing it. And, um, I don't know, you know, maybe you make yourself some dinner, watch a movie. Um, that can... seems to work for Doug. That gets him. Yeah, um, maybe I'll come over to date night with Doug and maybe I'll get or I'll start to feel better or something. Yeah. I just feel well, I think... sorry, Doug, oh, please. I'm just going to, you know, kind of piggyback off the sentiment. And, you know, I wasn't talking about playing with yourself exclusively earlier, but uh, I think there is a little truth there uh, and not just playing with yourself, but just uh, uh, self self care and take and freaking taking care of yourself, going to the store, buying new clothes, you know, getting a haircut, feeling good, you know, get, get, getting in shape. If you feel like you're out of shape, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and making your building your confidence See, up a little bit. The and thing then, is, now you're starting to sound just like Karen did the other day. She was saying all this stuff to me. Maybe she said, "You know, you you seem like a great guy. Obviously, you're a nice guy. Looks like maybe you could use a haircut and some new clothes. Maybe try to get <laughs> in get in shape." She said, and that's what kind of Darren was laughing about. Act, you know, he's in pretty good shape and he had a new haircut. It looked like, and he's wearing a hat and he had clothes on and he wasn't wearing the kind of clothes I was wearing that kind of thrown together to impress someone. But 
doesn't really work because I don't really have the wardrobe prison. I'm wondering if revenge might be the best medicine in this case scenario. And I know Tadia knows all well about that, but I was, I have found myself imagining great, terrible things happening to this Darren. Like he gets out of his car, but the car is still in drive. He doesn't realize that he falls over. The car continues to drive and smushes his head like a pumpkin. His eyeballs pop out of his brain. Someone's mm-hmm. filming it. They send me the video. It goes up online. It becomes a hilarious freaking viral video. Yeah. To me, I've always found the best revenge is uh, is being uh, being successful, more successful than you were when the person uh, dumped you. And finding success in any way that you can to kind of when uh, the next time you see it, you just rub it in their face. You know, Doug brings up a great point, but I also want to just kind of point out that that's a very difficult thing to do and it's very time consuming. And I think your idea of the car over his head is actually a little bit quicker and more practical. Yeah. I also, I just got to let you know, poison works great too. Yeah. Yeah. These are all things that ponder. I do like the car idea because it's what flashes in my brain when I'm feeling so down. Sure. There's a lot of layers there. It's kind of difficult. Yeah. Maybe some sort of short-handled broomstick lodged between the gas pedal and the end of his chair. Yeah, or maybe Maybe someone kind of, someone really short sneak in. Like, Sandy could probably sneak in there and, well, and and probably wouldn't see him over the car roof and just, he just get in there and drive the thing. Yeah, while we wait, we hide. We got to be in that car. Yeah. This is making me feel a little bit better. We should we should talk more about this after the show. But Weakers, Tweakers, Thrill Freaking Seekers, we got a great full show freaking for you coming right now. If you want to join in, call the conversation. Call 513-914-6201. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. You might get put on blast, but you also might get a prize or two. Without further freaking ado, our week's news and discussion starts freaking now. Last week, Leah Michael, Marie, Leah Mitchell addressed past allegations of toxic behavior and the claim that the 36-year-old actress cannot read, according to E! Online. In a promotional interview for Michelle's, Michelle, Michelle's, my, Michelle's upcoming debut on Broadway's Funny Girl, the former Glee star opened up about her past onset behavior. Michael said that the allegations against her evoked a, quote, an intense time of reflection. Quote, I really understand the importance and value now of being a leader. It means not only going and doing a good job when the camera's rolling, but also when it's not. And that wasn't always the most important thing for me. Previously, Glee co-star Samantha Ware accused... Michelle of making her experience on the show a living hell. And she said she faced traumatic microaggressions from Michelle. Michelle also addressed a rumor that once circulated about her not being able to read or write. Quote, I went to Glee every single day. I knew my lines every single day. And there's a rumor online that I can't read or write. It's sad. It really is. I think often if I were a man, a lot of this wouldn't be the case. So, geez louise down on my knees. Now, can she read? Can't she read? It's obviously 
she if she wanted to prove that she could read and write, she would have done it right in front of them. Said, "I'll write write something down. And I'll read it. Do it while she's on camera interview." Yeah. And yet she didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. She said. Yeah, she could have had. She could have had somebody just reading her lines to her and teaching her. And you don't have to. You don't have to be able to read to memorize yeah. things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and her explanation never actually gave the affirmative yes or no. If she, you know. Yeah, and 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 then she says, "I, I went to Glee every single day. I knew my lines every single day. Now, if she went there and didn't knew her lines on one day and then got through it, we would know that she knew how to read because she would have had to read those lines. I feel like her knowing her lines might indicate that she can't read. And I, a lot of people in my family can't read. I got." An uncle that couldn't read, he died. He got put to death. He was executed for manslaughter, multiple. And then I have another uncle that can't read. My dad can't really read. He can do, like, the numbers, and he knows that it says exit, things like that. But he can't read a whole book. So do you find, do you have to, do you have to read to him when he, is a Taylor, you know, read the paper for me? My father was never really there for me, Doug Jordan. So I am not going to go out on a limb and do that for him. Plus, he lives in a houseboat with my mother down south, east coast. So She could also have had like an earpiece in her ear and somebody's just feeding the lines to her. Don't they do that on, you know, sometimes? Yeah. Plays or something. Yeah, I mean that's how that that's how they got Bruce Willis through all of those movies. The guy can't even speak. I mean, this yeah. is an actor who can't even use his brain to speak anymore. And he still did movies. And she wants to go and have the world's smallest violin playing for her because she can't read. Not gonna fall for it. And then she said, I think that this wouldn't happen if I wasn't a woman. If I were a man, this would not happen. Now I think that is the world's even tinier, tiniest fiddle playing for her. I think that she is grandstanding there, making herself out to be the victim when she provoked these intense microaggressions and made her co-star feel as though they were in a living hell. And right. someone who is currently She's- in an absolute living hell, Doug Jordan, do not interrupt me. I feel for Samantha Ware, who made those grand accusations against Michelle. Yeah, I mean, the half the story is about her toxic behavior, so it kind of just seems like she was using this reading thing as a way to deflect from it. Yeah. When really she was just kind of being a jerk every day. And probably because she can't read, you know, she probably yeah, feels kind of stupid because she can't read. Because, I mean, most people these days, even my family included, most of them can read. There's a lot that can't, but most of them can. Yeah, they could be connected, right? Yeah. She, she, Maybe she's so uh, frustrated that she can't read that she's having these violent outbursts. That's like, you know, before I was able to read as a child, my parents often described me as violent and irrational. And then I learned how to read and went to school and 
Not look at me. Well adjusted. Yeah. More calculated and crafty now. Yeah. Last week, a 20 year old Ohio man was hospitalized after being stung by over 20,000 bees, uh, according to people. The incident occurred when 20 year old Austin Bellamy climbed a tree and accidentally cut into a nest full of African killer bees while helping a friend trim some branches. During the ensuing attack, Bellamy was stung over 20,000 times and ingested approximately 30 bees. When Bellamy arrived at the hospital, he was placed under a medically induced coma. According to his grandmother, Phyllis Edwards, and his uncle, Dustin Edwards, who witnessed the incident, Bellamy screamed for help while his family looked on in horror. Quote, I was going to try and climb the ladder and get Austin, but I couldn't get to him because I was surrounded by bees. He was hollering, help me, help me, help, and nobody would help him, Phyllis Edwards said. Bellamy's mother, Shauna Carner, said a firefighter was able to retrieve Bellamy before transporting him to a nearby hospital. Quote, it looked like he had a black blanket on his head, down to his neck, down to his arms. He had bees inside of him, and they suctioned bees out of him until Sunday morning, Carter said. Bellamy remains in the hospital where he is expected to make a full recovery. So, geez, Louise, down my knees. Where were the bees? And how did they suck him out? Teddy Richer, please. Yeah, well, you know, when you get attacked by that many bees, I know it said he ingested several of them, but I think that's journalistic uh, censorship right there because I think we all know where the bees friggin' went up his rear friggin' end. Yeah. They were probably suctioned out of his rear friggin' end, if you know what I mean. And, you know, I, I feel for him because I've been stung there before, too. And that's not something that that's enjoyable. And it's not something I would wish upon anybody, not, you know, especially 20,000 times to get stung strictly on your rear end. So, um, you know, God bless him. I hope he makes a full recovery. Um, well, I actually said he would. So it's actually just now it's funny. It's a funny story now. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine him getting to the hospital and coughing up bees and them flying out. And maybe then he goes to pee and more bees fly out. Sure. Is that possible? And how likely is it, Doug Jordan? I don't know if it is very likely. I mean, they had to suction them out, so I don't think that they would. They just come out on their own. So I think that that's, that's why they had to suck them out uh, however they could. And if it were, they were in his dangly Johnson and they had to put a vacuum on there, would it eventually feel good and fill the vacuum up? Maybe clog well, the good. nozzle. Well, it's already filled with bees, so, I mean, yeah, I think whatever else comes out would probably clog the vacuum as well. Yeah. Now, do you think they were using, so I, I would imagine, because that's a lot of bees to be ingested, so maybe he had one suction on his on his friggin' Dangley Johnson and one on his rear end, Doug. Now, how would that work, and would that feel good? I'm kind of imagining a Chinese finger trap type thing here. Uh, where you just get getting pulled at both ends, so you can't get you can't get the bees out. So I think you'd have to suction one at a time. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to suck him out of his dangly Johnson and then have him shoot back into his rear end. Oh uh, yeah, right. Good point, Doctor. Two, two suction point. streams cancel each other out. Yeah. 
Last week, one day after Gary Busey was accused of sexual assault for allegedly groping multiple women at a horror convention, the 78-year-old actor was caught sitting outside on a park bench with his pants down, according to the Daily Mail. Busey's spokesperson stated that the former Oscar nominee might have had to relieve himself, which was why he was caught on camera with his pants around his ankles and his hands buried in his crotch. Quote, Gary often sits on the bench in front of his home to meditate and look at the ocean, Busey's spokesperson said. Quote, our only guess is that perhaps at his age, he realized he couldn't get to the bathroom in time, which explains what happened in the video of him on the bench. The actor was charged the day before with four counts of sexual contact and harassment after multiple women accused him of indecent conduct at a New Jersey horror movie convention. On Saturday, seemingly unaware that he was in full public view, the actor, whose behavior was dramatically altered following a near fatal 1988 motorcycle crash, lowered his pants, and sat on a bench with his hands between his legs. So, I don't know why we have to beat around the bus here, or the bench, or any of it, you know? I mean, geez louise down to my knees. We know what the guy's doing. Let's just talk about what we know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's super obvious. Yeah. I personally don't know the movie that he was nominated in an Oscar for. Uh, it was the buddy. I do love, I, what you love it him? Break, it wasn't Point Break. It's buddy Holly stories in that. No, he was already crazy by Point Break. I think. When did Point oh. Break come out? Nineteen eighty eight. That's when he got into the Nineteen ninety one. They say That's after his motorcycle accident, so for Uyghurs and Tweakers out there, Busey was riding a motorcycle, freaking fast as the Dickens without a helmet, and they said basically his head hit the ground and it was like scrambled eggs everywhere. And they had to basically stuff him back in his cranium, and whatever's left is what has got him to this point. I mean, considering the scrambled egg scenario, it's really remarkable that he has done so well up until this point of the groping incident which is a blight on an otherwise hilarious career yeah and honestly and and again i don't want to i don't want to undermine the groping thing because that's obviously wrong but we should be impressed with the fact that the man even knows to pull down his pants and touch his crotch based on the way his friggin' brain functions um, so it's honestly a modern medical miracle that we found him playing yeah. with himself on the beach. Yeah. Last week, fast food giant Wendy's welcomed back the $5 Biggie bag for a limited time, according to Chewboom.com. Each $5 Biggie bag includes one select sandwich paired with a four-piece chicken nuggets, crispier, spicy, small fries, and a small drink for $5. Select sandwiches available at part of the $5 Biggie bag include crispy chicken BLT, juicy white meat chicken, lightly breaded, and seasoned topped with applewood smoked bacon, crisp lettuce, and tomato cheese and mayo junior bacon cheeseburger fresh beef applewood smoked bacon american cheese crisp lettuce tomato and mayo and double stacked two patties of fresh never frozen beef with cheese ketchup mustard pickle and onion you can five the five dollar biggie bag for just five dollars at participating wendy's locations nationwide for a limited time doug jordan 
Yeah, you want me to talk about Take Wendy's? Take it to the sports desk. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm Doug. My name is Doug Jordan, and this is the sports desk with me, Doug. Talking about Wendy's today, and the biggie bag is back. The biggie bag is back, which is the $5 bag, and you can have, you have the choice of three different sandwiches. The crispy chicken BLT, the junior bacon cheeseburger, and the double stack, and that comes with a four-piece chicken nugget and a small fries and a small drink. That's a, honestly, that's quite honestly a very good, uh, good value there, five dollars. I do want to call out something in the in the in what you mentioned in the text earlier. On the junior bacon cheeseburger, you say it just says fresh beef, and then on the double stack, it says fresh, never frozen beef. So, is there a difference, or was that just you know? Because the how, how the article was written. Before. I noticed that too. I noticed that too myself. I I don't know. That's why we have this boards dug with Doug Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. You know, we might have to come back to the segment. And I might have to do some investigation and see if maybe the junior bacon cheeseburger is in fact frozen beef as opposed to the double stack being fresh, never frozen beef. Uh, it's fascinating. Is that something you could do perhaps before next episode? And be prepared and not eat in the studio. Because listening to you eat on the microphone, as hilarious as it is, it's kind of not good radio. Well, I can, I can you know, I can Google it, you know, beforehand. I'm not going to call, you know, I don't have, I don't even think Dave Thomas is still alive at this point. So who do you even talk to? He's somebody. Probably the beef situation. Yeah, probably just anyone at Wendy's. Yeah. Just say, are the patties the same? Do they both come the same way? Well, I feel like the the lower the people that work at the actual Wendy's restaurants are not making those decisions. I feel like the corporate, you know, the corporate guys. Oh, are we're not ones. asking them to make the decisions. We just want to know the answer. But they might not know the answer. They, they just probably get a. Bag, are they not going to know the answer? Did, uh, did you go back in the freezer and take out the patty or not? No, but as a restaurant uh, owner, you know, I'm assuming they're probably getting two shipments, one that says junior bacon cheeseburger beef and one that says double stack beef. Well, that would answer the question, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then if one wasn't frozen. Then, yeah, we have the answer. I feel like you could just go to Wendy's, figure it out, or you could buy two sandwiches and just taste them and see if they taste the same. Well, I mean, they're different sandwiches. One has bacon and the other one has two patties of beef. So take the patty off the beer burger, Doug. Jeez Louise. Well, then the whole sandwich is going to be the integrity of each okay, of the sandwich. Okay, but we're just trying to figure out if the beef is frozen or not. I don't care about the, the apple wood smoked bacon or the American cheese or the crisp lettuce, tomato, and mayo or the friggin' cheese, ketchup, mustard, pickle, or onion. I just want to know if the one burger is frozen prior to being cooked as compared to the other one that claims to be never frozen. Yeah. Well, it's hard to compare the two different sandwiches. One has, like you said, crisp lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Yeah, but we're saying take cheese. the burger off. I don't care about those things. That's that's not the thing we're going to be comparing. The thing we're going to be comparing is the one beef if it's frozen, and the one if it's not. You can basically just get a friggin' bare bun and burger and nothing else and just compare them. Well, to me, that's like comparing apples and oranges because they're two different kind of sandwiches. One's got lettuce, tomato, and mayo, and the other one's got ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onions. This is a frustrating sports segment. Yeah. They still got a baked potato. They do have a baked potato, but just the sour cream and and chive. They don't have uh, the broccoli and cheddar baked potato, which was my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. God. Although I do like that sour cream. 
Last week, the man who jumped from the 18th floor of a New York City tower was identified as Bed Bath & Beyond CFO Gustavo Arnell, according to CNBC TV 18. The incident occurred just two days after the company announced plans to shut down 150 of its roughly 900 stores and lay off 20% of its staff. Arnell reportedly sold more than 42,000 shares in the company, which was quite often identified as a, quote, meme stock for a little over $1.1 million U.S. dollars. At the time, Arnell owned 267,896 shares in the company with a value of a little under $6.5 million U.S. dollars. Arnell joined Bed Bath & Beyond in 2020 when the firm was already struggling because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Prior to this, he was the CFO at London-based cosmetic giant Avon and had also been at Procter & Gamble for 20 years. The company had added that Arnell's experience in, in delivering business transformation at leading firms, his knowledge of the consumer goods and retail space, as well as his drive and energy would help accelerate its transformation plans. Bed, Bath & Beyond has lately been seeing its fortunes falter with Mark Triton, its CEO, being fired in June after the firm's sales dropped 25% in the first quarter. So, geez louise down on my knees. This is going to be... We're going to spend the rest of the time just talking about this because, first of all, Gustavo Arnell, God bless him. We loved him. And we were so hot for him. And we were so... Mm-hmm excited for the great promise he brought to a faltering company in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, Bed Bath & Beyond, a staple for many home goods and kitchen supplies. Now, I feel like in the wake of his death, some questions are left unanswered. Arnell's experience in delivering business transformation at leading firms, his knowledge of consumer goods and retail space, as well as his drive and energy. This was an accelerative and transformative plan. How could someone with this verve and vigor for life, success, and business take a dive from the 18th floor of a New York City tower a few days ago. I mean, geez, Louise, down on my knees. How did we get from one point to another? Well, it's shocking, too, and and I just to echo your sentiment, I mean, after what we saw from him as the CFO of London-based cosmetic giant Avon and also his brilliant work at Procter & Friggin' Gamble for 20 years, Doug, you know, it just it, it's it's unfortunate because we've all been seeing Bed Bath & Beyond's fortune falter you know, the sales were down 25% in the first quarter of June. And what this makes me think, though, is that if anybody could have done it, if anybody could have turned around this tanking company, this institution of great American standard, kitchen supplies, bedroom supplies, bathroom supplies, and beyond. Beyond that. It could have, it would have been Gustav Arnell. Mm-hmm. And yet, not long after Mark Triton, its CEO, was fired, Arnell, too, fell. From an 18-story building. Yeah. So you guys think it's, it was an inside job? or I think there's something. I think somebody wants this company to tank. 
Well, you know, we mentioned Procter and Gamble and it never freaking sat well with them when, when Arnell left Procter and Gamble. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So what, what, what exactly were they, do you know, were their threats or no, it just never sat well with them? What about it? Didn't sit. I mean, you know, guy worked there 20 years and, yeah, and, then, he, then, he was, and then he was gone and it just didn't sit well. What about the, the cashing out the million dollars? Why do you think he did that? Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Because he still had, why didn't he get rid of all of his shares if he was going to take a nosedive out of the business? Or, or what does it really matter at that point? You know, right, if you know you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Just give it I take the money out. Yeah. It's a mystery. I still feel like we haven't gotten to the bottom of it. I, I'm surprised. I thought if we gave this 10 minutes of our attention, we would have some answers by the end of this. Our three minds together. You know what the problem is, is that Sandy's not here because Sandy yeah. knew more about both Bed Bath and Beyond and Gustavo Arnell than maybe anybody I've ever known. Yeah. Well, it seems like you guys have a fair amount of knowledge of him talking about his business tactics and well, but that just tells you how much Sandy really knows about the guy. I mean, Sandy won't shut up about him. Yeah. He always said every time we'd say when we drive past on the way to the liquor store, Bed Bath and Beyond, he'd say, see that there, that it, that might be faltering. Now they might be down 25%. Don't count them out. This stock's going to rise. Because yeah. of Gustavo Arnell. He says yeah, Gustavo I mean, he Arnell about, always rises to the top. Yeah. You know, you'd always talk about the CFO having, you know, the drive and energy that would help, help accelerate and transform Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. I've heard him say it many times. Yeah. We'd say, Sandy, please, we're talking about something else, and he needs this important stuff. You're going to thank me one day. I wish he was here now because I would thank him. And I want his insight. I mean, part of me is just kind of thinking there's there's some sort of crime going on here with the CEO getting fired, and then all of a sudden this guy jumping off a eighteen uh, story roof. And and who took over? That's what I really want to know. Who took over for Bed Bath and Beyond as CFO or Bed Bath and Beyond as the CEO is what I should find out. Oh, after. Mark Triton was fired in June when the sales dropped 25% in the first quarter. Well, that's easy. It's, it's Sue Gov. You got to be kidding me. What's her background? Sue Gov? Yeah. Well, she's a, she's the president of Excelsior's Advisor LLC. Yeah, that's right. I and know also that. the C's. CEO of Bed well, Bath & Beyond. Well, she was the president and C- CEO of Golfsmith International for about two years. Yeah. So. I think also, and correct me if I'm wrong, just spitballing here, I think that she was a senior advisor with Alvarez and Marseille, mm. the global yep. professional services firm. And that that was for at least two years. Yeah. What do they, what do, they do? What does, uh, well, I've never heard of Alvarez and Versailles. They do different professional, professional services. services across the globe. Yeah. Really? She was also the, she was also the uh, COO of Zales at one point, too, and we all know how that went. Yeah. So she went from operations to an executive position? 
Yeah, as it often happens. That's what happens when you get your your bachelor's of accounting at UT Austin. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So do you think that she had Arnell murdered? Tweakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers. This has been another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking our weekend review. We love you so very freaking much. We're so freaking hot and for you. Stay safe out there and we'll see you freaking next week. I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just thinking about Karen and her. No, I figured that's what was happening. Boyfriend, Darren. I think you got to, you know, you got to move on and take this as a uh, wake up call to get to get out there again maybe start dating again it's been a long time since i been with a woman doug jordan yeah 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 of our week's studios.